the nerds take over. Us? Huh? Welcome, Nerdles. This week we are talking Nick Cage is the next Superman, losing the world's smartest mind, DC is going to a wrinkle in time, and Justice League is the worst, and also we're going to be talking about Black Panther as number, or its fifth week as number one. Joining me tonight are Chris and Ethan. Hey. Wow, that was a mouthful to get through, Ethan. Weird so how you wrote that. You should have probably read through it first. I probably should have read through that first. Yeah. You but just kind of threw the thoughts together, didn't you? No. It, it's, it's easy to read through if you read through it first. I'm not trying to go blind, but anyway. So, Nick Cage is Superman. Let's, should, we, should we clarify with that? With an asterisk. Um, Nick Cage's Superman in Teen Titans Go the to movie. the movies. Yes. Um, Nick Cage will be somewhat reprising his role as Superman. <laughs> Not really reprising it, finally getting to be or play the role. <laughs> yeah. That if you ask him, he was born to play. Yeah, I think everybody kind of knows that Nick Cage was supposed to do the Joel Schumacher Superman movie. Nope. That... Uh, not Joel Schumacher. Was it not Joel? Who was it? Tim Burton? Tim Burton, Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. So, he was supposed to do that movie, but it got shelved. And he really <laughs> got wanted... killed. He really wanted to be Superman, and he is now getting his chance, I guess, to do the voice of Superman in the Teen Titan Go movie. Didn't he get a Superman tattoo or something, like, right around the same time as... The movie was supposed to be uh, being made. Yeah, he's 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 all about Superman, and his son is named Kal El. So it's like it's not a mystery that Nick Cage likes Superman. He's looking at the movie. He's going, "Wow, I could have done that. Why am I not in this movie? I should have done that one. <laughs> I could be Batman too." Um. Chris, you're a big Teen Titans Go fan. I haven't watched it in a while, though. But you're, you're still a big fan of the show. You've watched yeah. most of them. What do you think about Cage doing Superman? I think it's a fun kind of... Uh, not an Easter egg, I guess, but almost like a wink at the audience. You know. Do you think it's because he's so outlandish and that movie's probably going to be so outlandish? Yeah, I think us? it's something it is kind of weird because none of the adults in those films in those, films, in those cartoons actually have any voices and that's why I was going to go with the next question is because we see, we've seen Batman Commissioner Gordon a few others in the show yeah but they never actually say anything right so do you think that they're going to give Batman a voice as well I don't think so or is it just do you think it's just because it's Superman because I think it's because of, they have kind of that you know, they have this kind of, um, I, I keep thinking, I keep thinking of the word, uh, uh, opportunity. Well, no, yeah, opportunity is a better word. I keep thinking of the Easter egg, but it's an opportunity to kind of have that poking fun at this old movie, you know, yeah. thing, this old yeah. idea. 
I wonder if they're really going to play a joke into it as far as, like, the movie that was canned. Oh, I bet you they'll have him in the costume as, you know, the costume that they made for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they go that far. I think you don't think go, so? I think they go more um, traditional simply because of the, the fact that you want everyone to kind of see. Mm-hmm. Definitely with the red, red shorts or the blue tights type costume. Well, Superman's now getting the red tights back. Yeah. I almost said the red tidy whiteies, but you know, <laughs> they would be white. They'd be your tidy, tidy reddies. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, so Teen Titans Go comes out in uh, June. So the June or July? I thought it came out like the week of Comic Con. Oh, it might be the week of Comic Con. Yeah, that might be what it is. Uh, they keep moving dates around, Mommy, this year so much. <laughs> Just keep forgetting which is. Don't about. know what movie they're coming. There's so many movies. You know, there's so much now that's in kind of this uh, this pantheon of pop culture that you're sort of oh okay. <laughs> you're like every every week is something new yeah. that all of a sudden hits you and you just can't keep track of them because you're all of a sudden going, oh, what's this? Oh, we were doing that before we started recording. Oh like, wait, when is this one? 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 Also, they have a picture. There's the picture of Superman in the movie. Yes, they give him the curl that, you know, at the time there was a curl. It's a very classic Superman look. It's it's almost the Christopher Reeves look, the the traditional look. Well, at the time that Nick Cage was supposed to be Superman was when he had, when Superman, the character, had the curl in the comics. Right. Yeah. So I think they're just going to go with that kind of classic 90s. Yeah, it's July 27th, 2018. So, yeah, this is Comic Con week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, D-Nights Go is the week Comic Con also, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on going to the theater and see it, Chris, or you want to? I probably will at some point. Um, I don't know when. Not a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> not during Comic Con. We're not. Well, WonderCon. Oh, wait, no, it's Comic-Con. It's yeah. Comic-Con weekend. Remember, I think the last movie we went and saw during Comic-Con was Captain America. Probably. And that was a nightmare, <laughs> especially for Mikey. Well, yeah. He just fell, I fell asleep, didn't he, like, after the Well, because he, he stayed up. That was when you could still get tickets for next year from the year before. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, this crazy... They only had so many. You used to be able to just walk up. So when you were upstairs, you were like, okay, cool. And you could buy tickets for the next year. And then that year that we went, the year that um, that uh, Captain America opened was, they had it where it was in the Hilton. Hilton or no, the Marriott. Yeah, whatever it was. It was only like 2,500 tickets that you could get every day. And so... You know, they were gone within a couple hours, and you found out people were were you know lining up and super early. And so yeah, he stayed up the whole night before, and just <laughs> gets the tickets, goes to Comic Con all day. He only had like maybe an hour of sleep, maybe just a little bit more than an hour of sleep. Yeah, to see. <laughs> And it took him like a year to see the end of that film because I think the next time, the next well, time he saw it, when he saw it here, he fell asleep. Yeah, I was going to say, because I mean, it's like almost about the same part that he fell asleep. It took him like two years to see the end of Captain America, even though he had seen it, quote unquote, twice. Um, 
Yeah, it's so much better now that <laughs> Comic Con tickets actually come to you and you don't have to worry about doing all that. Uh, which I'm gonna. Well, there's still the the. It was getting the tickets in the first place was still you know a total mess, and so that that part of it is still there because you're like everyone is still trying to get tickets and when they go on and then five minutes later go nope no tickets yep um even, not even five minutes because they're all spoken for as soon as you jump on yeah well even getting WonderCon tickets I heard was just as bad trying you know that they were selling out really quick too for like they the, the, usually, the three day badges yeah there were still badges available as of last week I think Saturday was sold out if I remember right and all the three day badges were sold out which is usually or maybe it was Saturday. Maybe it was Saturday that was sold out, and they were like, because there was a one of the guys on Facebook was talking about one of the pop culture groups I'm in was talking about, you know, do I just get the three day badge and skip Friday, or do I get the Friday badge and just go Friday and skip Saturday, and then just like stuff like that. It was kind of interesting to see, as WonderCon used to be able to like walk up to the door. Yeah. But I think as those, those big cons start to sell out more and more. Well, yeah. You'll see that. And WonderCon's a good-sized show, but it's always tough because it's, it's around so many shows. This you know, yeah. show, big shows before it and big shows after it, so it becomes a bit of a... So, we lost Stephen Hawking this week. Hopefully somebody yeah. finds it. <laughs> it's a terrible joke. God, it's morbid, God has found it. It is... Uh, well, did you see somebody put a picture of him with the stairway to heaven, and he just kind of looks like, yeah, really? That's, that's well, the, um, the, the, there's the Twitter account that's listed as, you know, like the God account or whatever. Yeah. And obviously, it's not God. Uh, but he said, Stephen Hawking just arrived, and within five minutes proved to my face I don't exist. That was kind of funny. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, Stephen Hawking... Uh, there isn't. There's got. There's not that many people that alive that have not had him influence them in some way. But well, not. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Especially scientific community. But even even pop culture, he is. He's been an icon too. Well, he's one of those guys that, you know, kind of transcended being a scientist and mm-hmm. you know, being someone who became someone that that the masses knew who yeah. they were. But as smart as he was and everything, he still make fun of himself and mm-hmm. yeah. know, still take a joke and be part of the joke and well, the, initiate the, the joke. The big thing is, you know, for having ALS and being able to live as long as he did, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty big, uh, big, uh, big thing. Well, not even living as long as he did, but being as productive as he was even after, after you know, coming... I don't want to say down full force with it, but, you know. Yeah. When it put him paralyzed into a chair, he was still, you know, exploring theories, teaching, finding ways to communicate with everybody and teaching people of, of, you know, new ways to communicate. Yeah. I think a lot of people learned a lot of things from, you know, like things like Elon Musk wanting to go to Mars could be attributed somewhat to what Stephen Hawking has, you know, theorized or talked about in the past. And so it just kind of, you know, motivated a a group of people to, you know, expand um, our lives forward, you know. So he definitely had a huge impact on our our world. Well, and he was, he was, 
on Star Trek The Next Generation, Simpsons, Big Bang Theory a few times. Um, there's a few other places, places that he was on that I can't remember now. Even when Family Guy and them made fun of him, he was there for the joke. Yeah. Or at least along with the joke. Yeah, yeah. He took advantage of kind of that pop culture renaissance sort of thing and ingratiated himself into it as this kind of superstar scientist and then we saw people follow him like Bill Nye especially and Neil deGrasse Tyson now who are known to the public at large as these super smart scientist people Mm -hmm. but also you know they they kind of filled that same role that Stephen Hawking was in first yeah um yeah, so with our fondest wishes, we... we uh, our fondest wishes. <laughs> I was trying to go with something very sentimental and it backfired. Um, no, but it is a big loss, and it was a sad loss. When I saw it, I came home from a voiceover class, and I, was sitting, I walked in the house, and I was like, oh, my God, you know, Stephen Hawking died. And Beth goes, oh, yeah. Did I forget to tell you that? I'm like, thanks. Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> like, I appreciate that. I probably wish you figured that you would have figured it out on your own. So, uh, moving on to our DC. Apparently, uh, they're not giving up on their DCEU. In fact, they're hiring the minds behind the Wrinkle in Time movie. Here's the thing that I find... Which has been doing so well in the box office. Here's the thing. So, this is how I know that the DCU is completely convoluted. Because not less than, what, a week or two ago, they said that we're not going to focus on any other DC superheroes other than Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And that, that's why they are canning the Flash. That's why they're no, they're not canning the Flash. Flash the Flash is what it's going or, to save the universe. Yes, yeah, so all this is all this stuff about getting rid of all the other movies that they were slating. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're going to do New Gods, a team that probably nobody knows about. It's not even a team. I mean, it's, it's or like a group of superheroes that people. yeah, that you know most people probably don't know about. And we're going to get that director from uh, Wrinkle in Time to do it because she's a woman director. And it worked for Wonder Woman, so this is probably... Well, also remember she was originally slated to be the director of Black Panther. That's right. Yeah. So I, it, it, someone is just high Do you on think that... Because Wrinkle in Time, I mean, from what I understand, Wrinkle in Time is a decent movie or a good movie. I haven't seen it yet, but Arabelle's been begging me to go. But... It's just not able to break into the number one slot because it's going up against Black Panther. Well, it's not that great mm. claimed. I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's not bad, but no one's saying it's like something that you have to go see. It's one of those movies where you have to think a lot, I think, and that's what people don't like to go see well, anymore. It, have you ever read the book? No, I haven't. I mean, how did, how did you not read Wrinkle in Time? Did you go to elementary school in the States? I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never really did. He, he skipped that week, two weeks. I was so smart well, that I skipped it, that grade. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, just as a complete aside, uh, we were at Disneyland the other day, and the young woman behind us, who was at least high school age, if not early college, were waiting for the Mark Twain, and we're on a loading dock. 
And from behind me, I hear, what? Why is that name familiar? What is Mark Twain? Really? Yep. <laughs> God. I was, I was like, what, what happened? And so as I explained the story yesterday, when I went to dinner with some of the guys from work after the sale, uh, one of the guys there was like, yeah, he's a, wait, he's an author, right? Was, yes. <laughs> he's one of the greatest and American authors. He, most if, people say he's, 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 not the, he's, the, he's the quintessential American author, the first like really big American author. Right. And I, I asked him, I said, did you read Mark Twain and, and uh, Huckleberry Finn? No. So really? You went through high school and you didn't read either of those? And then the other guy was with him, you know, obviously these people are, are a lot younger than me. Both of them, neither, or neither of them had read Twain or Huck Finn in high school. And I found that very surprising that not all schools have that on their, their curriculum. I know Huck Finn is sometimes controversial to... I think that's what it is, that book. But that's, that's, the, that's I mean, it's the stupidest thing in the world yeah. to have that be controversial since it's one of the first American novels that treated African-Americans as, you know, like serious people. He's a, he's a serious character within there, and... The, point of his character is oh uh, he's like a, a real person and a real human being well, and, uh, yeah, not the, defined the, by his his, uh, his slavery yeah but I think uh, we all know our, our whole generation now is going into uh, becoming super sensitive so I think you but know, that, this PTA moms that have lobbied for that yeah and that's the, the, the point of, the reason that you know they, they banned Huck Finn in schools is because it uses the N-word. But it uses the N-word in, in a, a culturally, a time, a culturally time-sensitive, appropriate way. Yes, for the, 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 the era that the book was written, or the, the time period that the book takes place in, it was culturally accepted. Yeah, it, it's, if you, and you're, the time period is super important for that book. You know, if if you're in that book and the book oh, is what's his name? Word. What? It's uh, Jim Crow. Jim Crow. Yes. And you're not using that word, then it kind of takes you. At least for me, it would have taken out it because you're kind of reading it, going, "Well, they wouldn't have said, you know, they wouldn't have said African American, right? They wouldn't have even said black at the time." But the tra- the, the the relationship between Huck and Jim transcends race. I mean, it, I mean, you, it's there. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about, is that the reason that book is so important is because it's one of those first, you know, one of the first books in American literature that had that, treating it as if, um, uh, you know, it, it didn't, he's able to be friends with him, and Huck's kind of sort of like, there's no difference between you and me. Yeah. yeah. I still think the Little Rascals kind of came from that book. <laughs> when, when they when they decided to write, you know, the Little Rascals, they they used the idea of of Huck Finn for you know some of the characters, like Huck gets split between Spanky and Alfalfa. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um. So what, what else are we talking about? Because this is a really fascinating conversation tonight. Um. So Justice League. Is officially the worst producing this DC film. Shocker to me, like at least of the DCEU. You know, you would think at least you know, you know this would be up there. You know, maybe 
the top three. But it, I, this is wow. It's $637 million total in the box office, and it was even beaten out by Suicide Squad. So... How much did it end up doing in the... $637 million. Total. Yeah. Worldwide. Total. Because Black Panther has done 600 and some... 605. We really didn't talk a lot about New God, so we kind of turned that into Huck Finn. We did. We'll go back to it. But I, uh, I just Huck, uh, Huck Finn. Black Panther <laughs> has done six oh five just in the states. Yeah. It's so, it's almost done more than Justice League domestically. Yeah. So that's what shocked me. It was like Justice League was supposed to be their Avengers, where you would have thought that it would have been cracked at least the top three for the DC movies, but. Well, the top three, there's only four, five. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, you no. get to it. That, that's what I mean. Like, when you're sitting there saying it's, it's the worst one and it's the worst out of the five, I mean, you realize Suicide Squad beat it. And Suicide, I, I haven't found a single person that can say that Suicide Squad is, is a well-crafted film yeah. of, any, uh, of any true quality. I can say it, but I don't know how long I can keep my laughter down. Um... Yeah. yeah, so it, when I heard that, I was just kind of shocked, and I was like, wow, that's that's a pretty crazy um, finding, I guess, to say. Okay, so going back to New Gods, um, what do you think DC's angle with this is? No idea. I mean, they're it's struggling with their main characters. You know, People question when you're like, oh, why did they do Guardians of the Galaxy? But as as a Marvel Universe at that point, you had had all these successes. You had something to kind of bank on where you don't have that with DC. Like, do you really trust DC at all to be able to put together a good film if they can't even get Justice League right? And now you're going to do... Uh, now you're going to do New Gods, which is a very... To me, a very difficult concept for a mainstream audience yeah so that's the kind of thing like I, I don't I don't understand this move at all I really don't I and I don't understand really the choices there it's it is it feels like and, and it sounded like what they were saying was well what we're gonna do is kind of take a step back reevaluate where we're at move forward with bigger characters and be able to try and figure out how to get ourselves back on track and then the first thing is we're going to take one of the more obscure properties that we have and develop that and that's where I was like um wait what but I mean as a as a studio standpoint uh, no as a studio from a studio from a studio standpoint wouldn't it be better to focus yourself on Flashpoint and going forward from Flashpoint? Well, wait, that's what they admitted they were going to do and then didn't do it. But then to make this announcement just seems kind of like you were saying, you know, before, somebody sitting in a conference room and yeah. it's, oh, yeah, that idea sounded hey, good. At some point, we should do new gods. Right. And okay, now we're doing new gods. Now we're doing new gods. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not, hey, we're doing a new gods film. 
it's them saying we're doing a new God's film and we already have a director. Right. That's what's weird. You know, it's, it's not even announcing like when they said, oh, we're going to do a Batgirl film and then they had Josh, you know, then they had Josh Whedon. This is from the get-go. They dropped the news. Hey, we're going to do a new God's film and we've already hired a director because that director has a movie out right now that there are some people that are liking and other people are going, eh, maybe I'm not going to go to that. Because, I mean, it's getting... It's not necessarily getting killed, but you're, you're getting beat by a movie that came out five weeks ago. Yes. A really good movie that came out five weeks ago that has become a cultural touchstone in very many different ways, but it's still... I still need to go see that again. Well, this weekend's <laughs> box office, it went Black Panther, Tomb Raider... I can only imagine. Then a wrinkle in time, which has been out for two weeks. Yeah, I can only imagine beat it, which is some. I think it's a Christian inspiration film, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's total gross right now for Wrinkle in Time is sixty-one million. You know, for two weeks. That's not bad. That's what Black Panther made two weeks ago. Yeah, in one week. Yeah, and it's fourth week of release. It made $16 million, and it was something, and you know, we talked about it last week, that that would have been in, like, the top five for last year as a well, opening weekend. This weekend's gross was $27 million. Yeah, and it's, it's finally kind of come back down to, okay, that's a number that I can I can believe. Yeah. You know, two weeks ago, you told me, oh, it made $16 million. And again, I was like, that's, that's more than... Then whatever we we said it was like the seventh or eighth highest grossing weekend last year, and it made it on its fourth week. Well, it's definitely proof that you said that it doesn't matter when you open now, as long as you're opening with a good film, you can do it. I think timing can help, and I think Black Panther took advantage of the fact that there was nothing behind it. You know, we're not getting another big pop culture film until this week, so it has. Five weekends to itself in terms of pop culture. I wouldn't count a wrinkle in time. That's Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, I don't think, was ever really had a chance. You've got a film that's a reboot of two films that didn't do very well. It did 23 million. Yeah, 23 million still. It's it's okay. It had a chance to be number one, but it wasn't going to be... It wasn't going to stop um, Black Panther from making, you know... $20 million this weekend or whatever. Right. People would still find time to go see it. So I, think that, I think the interesting thing is I've got more than one person I've seen online talking about the fact that they think Black Panther may actually make more uh, domestically than... Um, Avengers? Avengers. I don't think it'll happen, but I think, it, I think it's not, it's not a, a completely invalid point right. to talk about. You know, I don't think you're crazy to talk about, well, you know, there's a possibility. I could see it happen. I mean, I doubt it, but if you do, even with what, what's the ones open? A Mar- a Marvel's uh, Avengers did $623 million. Yeah, so Black Panther's already made more than Avengers did. Now Avengers was... It's got to do, it's got to do 20 more million to, in order to be beat uh, And I think Avengers. even with Pacific Rim, I think you'll see that movie made. You'll see Black Panther make $20 million this weekend. So, I mean, it it has one more strong weekend, and it could. Yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, even look at number one and two. You had number one this weekend was $27 million, which was Black Panther. Number two was $23 million, which was Tomb Raider. It's very possible that it could, even if it comes in second to Pacific Rim, it could end up with another $20 million. Well, so like it said, will, it's, it's almost guaranteed to beat Avengers. You've got... 
you know, this weekend you've got a film that you would think would siphon off some of that audience in terms of a pop culture type film. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely not. Do you do you think that um, that do you think that uh, Pacific Rim Two can knock it off the top spot? Well, can it? Yeah. I mean, just from what you've seen as far as trailers and the, you know, and from what I think, just the fact that if if you're looking for something new, yeah, you know, the last three weeks or last five weeks or whatever, you really haven't had much of a choice. And now you're like, okay, now I got something else I can go see. I think that pop culture fan for the last month has been like, well, if I'm going to go see a movie, I might as well go see Black Panther. The original uh, Pacific Rim, its lifetime gross was uh, 101 million. It did, its opening weekend was 37 million. And, yeah. that, and that was in what it opened July 12th, 2013. And that's what people were. Super excited for it, right? And you remember, this one does not have Guillermo del Toro. No, I don't even think is involved with it at all. Is he? He's not even an executive producer. He, I think maybe an executive producer only because he was on the first one. Did he like owns the rights to the name or something? Right, but I don't think he he had anything to do with it. No. Um, that's why I'm saying is I don't know. If, you know it looks to be more of the same thing. So. No, I, 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 the United States audience isn't like, even, isn't it, like it's the Japanese. It's going to make, and it's, it's, Black Panther's easily going to make another $20 million before it's yeah. theater, so. But, I mean, you know, Japanese audience, Japanese audiences will go see, you know, monster movies, like big killer robots versus big giant monsters all the time. Whereas United States audiences, mainstream audiences, don't really, unless well, it's... Well, you don't even, you don't even know if they'll actually do that for, um, for a movie that comes from the U.S. Right. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see next weekend. Um, do you think that Ready Player One will take it out if, if Pacific Rim doesn't? Mm. I mean, it's a Spielberg movie. It's, you know, we... we yeah, talked nobody, about nobody's telling anybody that it's a Spielberg movie. No, it, well, now they are. After the... After the um, there was a screening at um, um, South by Southwest. And... Uh, it got very good reviews from it. Reviews one way or the other don't seem to matter. I mean, they, they, they may influence a small piece of it. Yeah. But, again, Suicide Squad had some of the revert, worst reviews that we've seen in the last couple of years and it made more money than Justice League. True. But then you have to get a string of After you've had you four movies. Crap. Yeah, when you get a string of crap when you have something like that, we saw that finally with Transformers and Transformers 5. Right. But even then, it's... Um, when the only thing that DC has that anyone's going, oh, that was a good movie, and that was Wonder Woman, you know, you're, you're going to get to that point where no one's wanting to see uh, Justice League. Like, even when we were talking about it with, through our, our, with our group, it was like, you know, well, you would go see it. Well, probably not. Well, I've been burned too many times. I don't think I'm going to see it. I think the only two people that ever ended up seeing it were Ethan and I, out of yeah, probably no, six of them. Mike had no idea, had no, no idea, no interest in seeing it. I yeah. didn't really have any interest in seeing it. Well, you haven't you haven't seen one since well, I saw Wonder Woman. You saw one. I've seen Man of Steel and Wonder Woman. And I've seen pieces of Batman versus Superman. Right. But I've never seen Suicide Squad. I never have any real desire to, and I haven't seen Justice League. And anytime that I start to think 
hey, I've got a desire to see this, someone else on, you know, some group or whatever, like, and because it was released, what was it, released digitally this week or something like yeah. that, or it was released on DVD? Well, it came um, out, yeah, it came out on Blu-ray. This yeah, week. it came out on Blu-ray. So someone in, in one of the movie you know, pop culture groups I'm in saw it, and he just like, it's an unmitigated disaster. It's just a worthless pile of crap. And he kind of came to the same conclusion. He was like, I like Henry Cavill, and I like Gal Gadot, but... I don't see how you go forward and only keep those two and recast everybody else and try and figure out the sniffers. Yeah, which is exactly I, what we Well, it's saying. funny. Like, I was in Target the other day and I saw it and I was like, should I pick it up? No, and I was like, why no. Why would you have Because it's... No, you I, don't, you don't get it's enjoy. It's enjoyable to watch, but the movie, after I really thought about it and I was like, no, you're not buying it because it is really a terrible, terribly well put together movie. Terribly well put together movie. Yes. Terribly well put together movie. As, as much as I like getting crap, there's no way I would even pick that one up. Yeah, no, and, and ultimately I walked out of Target without picking it up. <laughs> I haven't even bought Thor Ragnarok yet. What's wrong with I haven't either, but that's only because I have to wait for... <laughs> yeah, we know you You wait for the uh, the box sets. Well, when I have when I have two of them, I might as well, well get... Because I haven't had time to watch anything anyway. Yeah. I picked up uh, Target's exclusive with the uh, little art book that they have that was pretty cool it's got a little it's like buying a mini version of those art of books mm. so I was like oh that's pretty cool So, did you see speaking of, of movies coming out with books and stuff did you see the Target exclusive for uh, Last Jedi it's coming with a hard like a little hardback book that's uh like detailed movie p- pictures and stuff. Yeah, that comes out this week, doesn't it? Twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. So next yeah. week. Um, and then it's also going to be featuring a somewhat silent version of the movie. No, it's a score version. Some somewhat silent. <laughs> no, no Silent would be no nothing at all. That's why I said. Well, no, they call silent movies when. You still have music. Well, that's not because you, you have a player there that was playing. Well, no, you played it live. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But it's still, yes. It would be interesting good. to see. I'm, I'm curious to see how that was put together. Well, the way they originally made it sound was the digital was the only way that you were getting the score version. Mm-hmm. And then Ryan Johnson got on Twitter or something said, nope, the, the DVD, no matter where you pick it up, it'll have the, uh, the score version, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm It'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah. And I wonder if it's like, is it the whole movie and he's just playing a score over it? Or yes. is it just parts edited together that don't have any dialogue but still like invoke the same No, it's, it's the entire movie with just the score. Which is going to be weird that they're just start mouthing things and then it's just a score. Yeah, that's exactly the other part. But it, it gives you a chance to, to really concentrate on how the score measures up right yeah. or, or, or matches up um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm like, to when you get to see a film a thousand times or whatever and you start listening to the score and you have those you know, you've got it playing in your head as you're listening to the score like I could do that with Empire Strikes Back as I'm sure Bridge can as well yeah you listen to the score and then you hear this and, and you just go through again it like being in Disneyland the other day and they started playing Yoda's theme and I was like oh, I'm just lifting the X-Wing out of it because that's exactly where it's at yeah, there's certain there's certain parts of the of, of the songs that you hear with the films. And I, I call it songs, but you know the score. 
there's certain there's certain emotions that you get when you you start to just sit there and just listen to the music and and you know watch what's happening. Yeah. That's Chris. You know, there are moments like you know with Yoda's theme when you he's lifting the X wing. You know that moment, and you you know you hear, you you see the film when you're listening to the music. Yeah, and you, know, you don't always get that the first or second time that you have it too. I mean, that's why like it'll be interesting to have it very uh, distinct early on of saying this is what this film is like when you drop out the dialogue and it's not listening to or seeing the movie over and over and over again that gives you that sensibility as you start to sync stuff up and go oh yeah okay I recognize the score now because I've seen the movie enough that I know all the words and I don't have to keep following it and so I'd also be curious to see the uh, 14 deleted scenes yeah I mean after reading the the book you kind of have an idea of what they are but yeah, I think there's a lot in the book that probably got filmed. Although yeah. Jason Fry has said that he he kind of the way that the afterwards sounded was that he wrote the book off of Ryan Johnson's original script and was able to flesh out and add stuff that Ryan then approved, which was part of the reason why the book took so long. Right. And I think they wanted to give some distance between. Well, it's the also the silencer was added. Because of a cool design, when they saw that, when they, after the uh, the script had been written, yeah, that whole scene, said, which is in the novel, so you know he did have the chance to match up everything that happened in the film and then add more, mm-hmm. which was really nice. You know, it was a nice accent to the to what was going on. Yeah. Um, I thought I don't think it would be. I mean, like I know you know we're talking that it's not going to be just a re-edited version of the film with the score over it. But I thought that would be an interesting way, maybe like telling the movie the same way, but not through scenes with dialogue in it. Like, yeah, you know, just showing like important parts of the movie because there is a lot of parts in that movie that are based just solely on emotion. And playing that with the music and everything, it would have been a well, cool way to see it. When you when you go to, when I went to see Star Wars in concert, Star Wars in concert is basically you know a montage in chronological yeah. universe order of just music, and that gives you kind of the strength. And, but it's not exactly matched up. I mean, there's there's music in it that you know is Yoda themes played while you see Luke Skywalker on the screen, and stuff right? Like that, but it's that same idea. They're telling a story. And it's, uh, but it's done with just music. Yeah. But it's one of the more interesting things to as an as an extra that you throw in there. It's something different that hasn't been done with a Star Wars film either with the extras. Yeah, I don't think there's Star. I wonder if there's been any films that have kind of had that that score only, you know, the picture. Because even even when you release a score, it's not in chronological... That always drives me crazy that the score isn't in chronological order. Right. Uh, you know, the album isn't when... Uh, Very rarely. I think there's a few that I've seen. There's that. a few that they do, and it's usually special editions that come later down the line. Well, like, musicals they do. Well, yeah, well, that's different, because you're telling a story through the music right. in and of itself, and you don't want to throw it out of whack when you have the... The uh, the soundtrack release, but uh, Lucasfilm or Disney don't no, no, Disney did not yet. They released the the two album sets for um, 
they did it with, I think it was episode one. That was like every piece of music that's in episode one, it was all in, in order. Yeah. And I, did, I think they did the same things with the other ones too, but I can't remember. Because, like, recently, I think the only thing that movies have done as their special feature was just put up, like, a black-and-white version of the movie, kind of like Logan, and I think there's another... Well, there's only been a few of them that have done that. Yeah, so doing something like this is, you know, completely different. Could you imagine seeing a black-and-white version of a Star Wars film? Yeah, I mean, you can see something like Rogue One might be something that I could see, like, because it's got kind of a, not a noir feel, but... Yeah. It's got a grit to it that would be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, after reading uh, The Last Jedi, I have a whole different appreciation for the film. It just, you know, it just, you understand, the book helps you to understand Luke's decision and how he... It's also he, very critical of Luke, and it allows Luke to be self-critical. Yes. Where in the film... The only point you get of that is when he apologizes to Leia. Right. You know, when he shows up on a crate and he says, I'm sorry, and she says that, you know, she kind of just throws it out as, I don't care. You know, you're here now and that's all that matters. But in the book, because you, you get that internal... Well, yeah, the book gives you that, where you can't have that in the film. It's yeah, it the face way too much. Well, you also have to... You have to kind of infer, and I think that's why a lot of people... I think that's why we had so many fans that didn't like the film. There's a lot of it that you have to bring to the table or extrapolate from the film. And even reading the book, you know, I got through those pieces going, you know, I did get that, even though it wasn't as expressly thrown in your face. The whole thing with Finn and Rose and and, um, Canto Bite... You know, I wasn't able to express it very well, especially like when we did our first review. I knew that whole sequence was important for a variety of reasons, but I wasn't able to really express them in, in a way until I kind of saw other people saying it's 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 Finn's journey mm-hmm. as to becoming a member of the resistance and, and facing someone like DJ that's telling him you don't need to be a part of this anymore, and it's exactly what he was going to do in. Uh, in Force Awakens when he tries to leave right of the idea of no you know what I need to get out of here this isn't worth it we're just going to run away and I don't he's, he's, given, yeah, he's given that opportunity again or he's being told that's the way to go this is the right thing to do you got to get out of here and he doesn't do it so I thought you know internally I, I, I kind of knew it but when you're reading the book it's very obvious but Rose gains so much from it too yes when you watch Rose kind of change the way that she feels about Finn and it makes a lot more sense as she sees this kind of goofball who's trying to go through and it's added with the the, the way that she the way that she kind of attacks him for the fact that he keeps mentioning Ray over and over again. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is her character becomes so much richer and deeper in the book with you know the way she does. She mentions those things, and even the, her internal struggle with her sister. Yeah. I think the only thing that I didn't really care about, which but I get it, is the way what she called you know, Pei for her sister's name. But yeah, but it's just a name. It's just a name. It's a, it's a sisterly thing, and it didn't bother me. But in fact, the book with with the scenes that I had trouble with, with the uh, that I really didn't like aboard the Star Destroyer with BB-8 and all that, I <clears throat> it made more sense the way it happened. You know, the within the book, 
because it, had, it they were able to go into a little bit more detail with things that you can't do in the movie. Well, apparently one of the deleted scenes on the DVD is a completely different version of the scene on the Star Destroyer, so I'm interested to see how that comes out with the with meeting Phasma and all that stuff, so I'm interested to see what the other idea was that they deleted. To <laughs> Did it. you see where uh, somebody said that Phasma is the uh, Star Wars version of Kenny? <laughs> Keeps dying and coming back. Keeps dying and coming back. Yeah. I'm curious how they're going to bring her back for the next one. Because it's she. Unfortunately, she's it's a very cool character, but it's a very wasted character. Well, it's a very cool design. Yes, yeah, cool design. It's just basically you know. I still kind of enjoy Phasma simply because of that design. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great design. That it Hopefully, looks cool, but you you sort of. You're like, well, they tried to give you part of that character, but you don't really get enough of it, and she's not in enough other media. I mean, she is, in book. maybe someday I'll finish that book. Who knows? Um, <laughs> that was one of the things I did enjoy about the Last Jedi book, was it incorporated the other novels and Marvel comics, uh, things that have happened within the Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few pieces in it, and if you read Cobalt Squadron, uh, which deals with Rose and Paige and the mission that they're on, like where uh, when it opens, the reason that the bombers are not on, are not involved in the attack on Starkiller Base, you find out in Cobalt Squadron why they're already on a mission, and they can't be called back fast enough to attack Starkiller. So when you get that point of uh, in the beginning when Rose and Paige are talking to each other in the bomber and they're like okay we gotta get out of here and get back that if you read Cobalt Squadron you know that's where Cobalt Squadron ends it's like okay we've gotta get back now yeah, yeah. well it's so also you you, re- you learn that Snap is off on another mission with another you know yeah Black Squadron I think they had to say that in like a tweet or something like you already knew that somewhere someone had kind of released that info yeah as to why the rest of the pilots were already gone and it's yeah something along the lines like they were they're supposed to go find the other resistance you know sympathizers because the resistance thinks they're able to just get off the planet and then jump and obviously they can't poe mentions he wants the t80s the x-wings the t85 yeah it does. It gives you more of an idea that the New Republic still exists in some way. It's just scattered because it's the least there's parts going. of not necessarily well, the leadership's gone. I mean, right. basically you're 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 getting, but it's not like it's the not entire like fleet's not gone. Yeah, but they do kind of mention that there isn't much of a fleet because they didn't believe the First Order was the threat. Right. Which is if you read Bloodline novel, that's where it starts, where Leia is fighting to kind of keep. The, the, um, but they did a good job of mentioning, you know, little details from all of the the books that leading up or that were leading up to the Last Jedi, um, even the the new um, mission in Star Wars, you know, Star Wars, where they go back to crate where Leia, Luke, and the yeah. Red, uh, Red Squadron. Yeah, she mentions that she's been there like twice or something like that. I'm assuming. And some of it was having not read the, the YA Leia book. There's some pieces in it, especially with Holo, that yes. I kind of figured, you know, kind of working my way backwards going, oh, that must be in that book. Because it seemed like it was mentioned with a very much of an intent. Of, it was. Yeah. And, and that's why I was like, after reading this, I'm like, I'm so glad I read all of those books first. Yeah, it made me wish I, had, I was able to get to, to get to Leia before I read it. Leia was a really good one. 
I wanted to get delayed because I knew Crate was in uh, in that book, so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get to Leia, and and then obviously I wanted to read the Legend of Luke Skywalker, and I ended up reading Canto Bite before, right before the movie came out. So I was like, okay, I had all. Yeah, I read it after because it really didn't have much to do with it. I was gonna read it before, but well, I didn't. But there were little Easter eggs from the book in there, and then yeah, when you're the, in the when you're in the book, especially yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, it mentions those. Uh, it mentions some of the characters that you read in the book, right? Or it sometimes doesn't even mention my name. It just gives them a description. And you're like, oh, I know what that character is. Exactly. I know what that character is. Um. Wow, we're in early, early. Anybody got anything else? Yeah, oh, sorry. I'm just kind of out of it, so not much. Uh, you guys had a good sale, though, yesterday, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Lots of product, so. But Even with the weather and the cold? The weather was fine. It didn't get cold until afternoon, morning, actually. It was kind of nice for it to not be, like, super hot, because you start, where the register set up, you start right in the sun. Yeah. So having it not be... Warm and getting a little bit of a breeze, everything's kind of okay. It's okay, cool. So, no, it was good, just a lot of product to me, which is part of the reason I'm totally out of it. I'm yeah. running on fumes all week. And Ethan, Walking Dead, still treating you good? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it started, for me, it started slow, I think, with the, based on the story, but I kind of like what they're doing. So. You guys say a weird thing. I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't have any interest in it. I, I barely watched any TV. They showed the uh, first trailer for uh, Fear the Walking Dead with Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't care. Looks like they're completely revamping that show. Yeah. Well, it's funny the the season finale for this for Walking Dead and the season premiere for Fear the Walking Dead. They're going to do a um, theater special. Some some theaters where you can watch both on the big screen, basically in a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think they're really trying to push fear. They, well, they are trying to, definitely. I'm excited to go down to L.A. this week and try to do the... Uh, L.A. Marathon? No, that was today. But I, I'm, I'm going to do the, the nerd version of that, which is the uh, Ready Player One maze that they have, where they've already set up the stacks, which, if you know anything... Well, I know. My friend Kirk worked on that. Did he? Yeah. He came by the cell yesterday, and he was like, oh, I've been working on... I thought you were going to do the uh, 31-hour MCU Avengers movie marathon. <laughs> That's like the weirdest thing to get a ticket for that and realize you're going to spend 31 hours in the theater. Right? I know, right? You always see people leave and come back or whatever. I, I, I would assume they would anyway. I was thinking I about the that. the last time that they did this, that mentioned, people mentioned that, but like they walked out and walked back in at some point. You know? See, I was thinking about it because you could figure out which movies you want to just sleep Well, through. yeah, or you, you know, leave for... Or two or something, which some so many people say is you know their least favorite. Yeah, you know, or something that you've seen a bunch of times. That you don't Iron Man three, you can just sleep through. Yeah. yeah, or you know, something like oh, I don't really care about you know I don't care to see Ant Man for the fourth time, so I'll forget about that one. But it'd be cool to see Winter Soldier. That's what to say. Run the marathon. Just tell me when Winter Soldier's playing. Because I'll, I'll go like when your soldier plays. I guess you could, if it's continuous, if there's no breaks in between, you could probably figure it out in terms of running time. What time do you want to be there? Right. Well, I'm not spending. What is that ticket? Like hundred bucks? I don't know. I didn't look into it. Um. So, remember we were talking about the covers of the Entertainment Weekly? It said the 22 heroes or something. Do you know which heroes they left off there? Which one? Which main heroes? They left off Hawkeye. Yeah. 
And, and it's gotten a lot of press. And, and they also left off Ant-Man, for sure. But did you see the poster that they released today for uh, Avengers Infinity War? And it's Hawkeye, and it shows, like, every incarnation of him almost. With Thanos standing over top of him. Well, the Russo brothers uh, put out a statement on why Hawkeye's been kind of not shown on the th- in the trailers or the posters and things like that. Because he's not Hawkeye, he's Ronan. Yeah, he said that Civil War has changed his his whole thought process on everything, and it's something that he's changing or something like that. And so, yeah. Well, there was a new trailer for Infinity War that dropped this week. Yep, I haven't yeah. seen it. And don't want to. They've been showing. I've already seen part. Unfortunately, I've seen part of the. You know, people keep posting pictures for some of it, including the. the I'll just say the Captain America part, and it drove me crazy. I'm like, that's definitely something that I would not have ever wished to have seen before seeing the actual film because it's a nod to one of the best parts of Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, that sucks. But yeah, I saw I saw the new. Poster. Right, are you talking about when he's like this? And I'm doing this on purpose so you can't... Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't give it away. I mean, it's, it's the big Captain America moment. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I... It's... it's. I saw the poster. The Hawkeye the, one? No, the, the, the new poster. Because, as again, you know, it's like, here's, here's the Marvel poster. Here's what we do. We just take everybody and we throw them in a circle. Or yeah. we throw them in a crescent moon. And they released that image, and she saw it of all the posters in the tenth anniversary. So it's all the release posters. Mm-hmm. Man, those are terrible posters. Oh yeah. I mean, as a as a whole, those posters are just ass. It, it's just there's some good ones in there, but you think of some of the teaser posters that you really liked. I mean, obviously my favorite is the Winter Soldier poster. Well, yeah, here that's the Hawkeye. Yeah, you know, why do they do that with all the characters? That'd be um, cool, but. But then maybe they just started with him. Um, but did you know? But I was just like, all those posters are just the same damn thing. The teaser posters have been so much better. We always talk about the one, the, the Winter Soldier one, where he's did you know the back of the Quinjet. That's the, that's, that's the Hawkeye run. The, um, well, the one on the right is the, the Ultimates one. Yes. Yes, uh, Boy, that, but that's not the movie. Sure, is that somebody that just kind of put together a poster because they're like, oh, uh, he, I just want to do this thing for Hawkeye. Um, I thought he had a, a suit similar to that one. No, this is this is a this is somebody that made it because it's it looks like it says Boss Logic underneath it. So somebody made that to just say, hey, don't. Yeah, because I think Hawkeye. I think that that piece of art I think I remember something. Yeah. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I think I remember seeing Hawkeye with some red on his chest, like uh, in one of in one of the movies. Yeah, well, his costume is much more, is much closer to the the Ultimate style, yeah. right? One which all of the characters' costumes outside of you know Iron Man are kind of more akin to that. Well, Caps is I mean Caps is pretty basic though, but well, Caps is very much more like his World War Two one in uh, his World War Two one in. in Ultimates is the World War II one that he has, and then they kind of the, the design that Brian Hitch gave for modern was very much more of. There is rumor though that know. he will show up in the Avengers costume that you hate. Well, oh, that, that, that costume was terrible. It was a horrible, but it, it worked out. I mean, it kind of worked good with it because you know it was brand new. The costume was so too clean and crisp, 
and two, no, it's just a, not a well-designed costume. I mean, him being unfortunately, I mean, this is this is the thing to the skin-tight superhero costume doesn't work on screen, right? I mean, it, it works in, in superhero comics because you're asking guys to draw just the basic body form anyway, so you just put it out there and go. Also, for a suit that shouldn't be skin tight, and when it looks skin tight, it just kind of yeah, looks and it's out there, and you're just sort of like yeah. you know, it's it supposed to look more like a military a, uniform where it's more. Well, it's not supposed to stay. I mean, he's wearing kind of tight. I mean, the, the kind of classic one is the chainmail, but nobody wanted to draw it, so it ended up being a skin tight type yeah. costume. I went back and looked at the, the a few of his suits, and I'm starting to really like the Civil War one the best. His Civil War suit. I like the, the Civil oh, War, the, the Super Soldier one. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I thought at first it was. Yeah, I thought it was the. Uh, that's not the Civil War. That's uh, that's that one is in uh, Winter Soldier. No, that, that's the one I first liked. The the one with the blue and the, just the star. Yeah, over. with the star and yeah, the stripe right. going um, across the shoulder. The shield one, and that's the one I liked. And then I, I went back and I saw Civil War the other day, and I was like, you know what? I think I like this one. Better. That it's kind of a take on the Age of Ultron one. It's like a cross between the Age of Ultron yeah. and the World War Two one. Yeah. So the World War Two one's my favorite, but I also I like the Civil War one. Yeah. Um, okay. So anything else? You want to wrap it up? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably one of the least energetic ones we've done in a yeah. long time. If anyone makes it all the way through, I apologize. So make sure you check us out on Facebook.com slash Nerdables. We are also on Twitter at Nerdables Show, and we're on Instagram as Nerdables. And as of next weekend, we'll be in WonderCon, so we will probably be talking to you in two weeks. So for Chris and Ethan, I'm already saying we'll see you soon, or talk to you soon.